You're listening to Magrito Podcast Network, celebrating the culture of Chicanos and Latinos one story and voice at a time. Connect on social, on Instagram and Facebook at Magrito. Find all the Magrito Podcast Network shows over at magrito.net. Gentlemen and low lives, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican Podcast, a My Grito Industry Podcast, and an episode brought to you by the wonderful people at Grasshopper. For all your medicinal, recreational cannabis needs, ghbuds.com, or simply pay them a visit. But don't forget your Emo Brown social club card, and if that shit don't clank, and your shit is whack, you need the real deal, Holyfield. We're here. With the supreme white of all white people. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, setting Sunsake's very own Josh Embry. <laughs> hey, bro, you told me to introduce you as the supreme white, dog. I don't know if there's some racial annotation in that name or... Yeah, I fair, I'm fairly certain I, I was intoxicated when I told you that, <laughs> and uh, it was way too many of the collab beer. I, I need you to introduce me as the Supreme White. I, and I was I like, all right, bro, I mean, this, you, you want to yeah, be called the Supreme White? I That's your pedal, dog. <laughs> Josh Embry, what's cracking, dude? I know you for many things. Yeah. I know you specifically for sake, but you're a, a retired jujitsu practitioner. <laughs> I mean, you know, once upon a time, wanted to be a comedian, so you talk a lot of oh, shit. I do talk um, my kind of guy. My kind of guy. Yeah. Tell me a little about your business venture. How long has it been in action? Ah. Why did you start it? Yeah. Where did you get the, uh, to get it going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you see it going? And tell us a little bit about this awesome collab that I've been drinking for the last weekend. Shoot. Yeah. The, uh, the collab is great. That, uh, mango sour IPA. A lot of mango in it. Tons of mango. I, I taste the mango. I Tons taste the IPA taste attribute. The I taste the, 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 the sake attribute, the yeast. Yeah. I feel it in there yeah. and it's sour. Yeah. It's all of those. It checks all the boxes. It's, it's, uh, I've found, uh, after years and years in the business that people love it when it says, uh, things on the, the bottle and then it, all those things are very apparent and easy to find. And they, they are, bro. Isn't that crazy? The way we make it happen. Yeah. Taste as advertised. Right. Taste as advertised is uh, great. I love that spin. Um, so if you want to go back to like how, how my venture started, yeah. I can even get like deep, deep and kind of how I got into craft. Go ahead, as brother. It, as it, as it I'm all ears. Okay. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to take the way back machine all the way to like 2006, 2005, somewhere in that area. Um, I was working as a neon sign technician, um, traveling around to all the casinos uh, around the country and um, like installing, repairing, rebuilding, relocating, a lot, a lot of re's on, on my team. Um, and, uh, so I would be doing these projects down here in San Diego, up in Northern California, um, back in Michigan. And, and I kind of got into craft beer because I was going on all these trips and I would just start playing video games as soon as the job was done. Cause I was, I was a young dork, right? Where are you originally from? Uh, born in LA and I've been mm. moving South ever since. Nice. I, I really, I really honestly see myself just continuing this trend. You're getting close to the border, but not close enough. You're not me. down. You're not down. No, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. I'm going to shoot past All it. Right. I'm going to keep going South America. Maybe who knows? It's really, yeah. And you want to take this venture with you? I mean, I want to do a lot of things along the way. Very nice. <laughs> so yeah, born in LA, uh, raised in kind of Riverside County. Um, started, uh, the, doing the neon sign stuff. Um, I, I found myself like in charge of people and, and responsible for, Hey, go do this and to go do that. And the whole job, we, we did teams with relocated casinos from like tent structures. Supreme white shit. <sighs> go is ahead, man. Be, is that going to be I an mean, ongoing shit, thing? You told me to call you that. I, I got know. three more, three more Supreme white names <laughs> in the contract before we hit the mark. <laughs> you said you were going to pay me. I said, can I pay you to stop? This is how you get it. You just start, uh, slandering people. <laughs> no, man. So I, uh, I was out there running the jobs and I guess I was doing a bad job of it because, uh, the, the foreman for the company reached out to me. He's like, Hey man, jobs are getting done. They're coming in, uh, under budget ahead of schedule. Everything's perfect. Your teams hate you. Mm -hmm. Everyone does not like working with you. Take the company credit card. And he said it to me, like I should have already been doing it. And to me at the time, you know, my young kid, I, I didn't know what I was doing. He's like, take the company credit card, go to a bar, buy them beer. They'll like you. And and I'm like, 
dope. There, there's a way for people to kind of like me if I if I get them. Drunk. If you buy them shit, yeah. <laughs> I get them drunk. <laughs> so we'd go to beer, and I, I did the same kind of a nerdy approach I did to most things in life, where I'm like, all right, cool. If I'm going to drink beer, what what beer do I drink? And so I got a little like trying different beers. I Newcastle, uh, Downtown Brown from mm. uh, Lost Coast. Uh, uh, Hop Rod Rye from uh, Bear Republic. And, you know, since I'm traveling, I'm, I started going to these locations and I'm like, man, this is really great. Uh, my, I, I'd be going there with my coworkers and, and we'd be on like the patio of uh, Bear Republic drinking a Hop Rod Rye or Racer 5 or something like that. And, and I'd be like, this is so cool, isn't it? And he's like, can we just go to a normal bar and get a Coors Light? <laughs> and like, I kind of knew at that point, like- These beers are burning my tongue. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, this is- Back in the early 2000s, this is kind of early for most people in craft beer. For sure, man. Um, and uh, and so I'm like, no, I think there's something to this, right? Like, why am I why am I working all day and trying to come here after after work? I had some money saved up for my job, so I quit my job. I started home brewing, and I just focused on uh, getting a job at a brewery. I was living in Temecula at the time, and so I got a job working for Black Market about mm. six months after yeah. they founded. Right or after they opened, I guess, and so real early there was there was the brewmaster. Um, that's where I met uh, Face. So I got to work with uh, Ryan Brooks and uh, a bunch of other people is where I started. And because I'm a, a workaholic as much as I'm an alcoholic, I ended up working for Stone. all the holics. All the holics. I, I ended up working for uh, Stone at the same time. You know, so I was doing sales and brewing. What are you running from Josh Embry? Uh, myself. <laughs> hey, you're picking up on the signals early. You want, you want to lay down and talk on the couch? I got you, bro. I, I'm a good ear. I'm a good ear. not big enough for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> you need a bigger couch, boy. Um, so I was working for both breweries and I, I ended up just working for Stone. Uh, and then I got an opportunity to work for Polaner Hacker Shore in, um, in Germany. And uh, so- You uprooted and you went overseas? Uh, so they hired me as the uh, Southern California territory manager. I was I was in charge of the distribution on the sales side from uh, Santa Barbara to San Diego. Damn, that's a large footprint, man. Coast to border. And uh, I took that job well underpaid. I was just hungry for the- uh, Opportunity to get into the business. Yeah, yeah for they, sure, man. I think they were happy to pay someone so low. <laughs> and uh, so they ended up flying me over to Germany though. And I got to- uh, Check out the breweries there. Once upon a time, this was a highly coveted industry to work for. Yeah. Work in, rather. You know, it's to, to, it still is. The allure is still there, but I remember those early 2000s, oh. similar to you, just going to different breweries and, oh, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Waiting in those Pliny lines, you know, like <laughs> we look back on it now and be like, oh, fucking lames. I would never wait in a line for a beer. Right. You know, turn back the clock and early 2000s, I was that guy. You know, I was like, ooh, taking notes. Like, this beer reminds me of this. Boom, 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 boom. Fast forward to 2022, bro. So I was that beer. Mm -mm. I, was in, I was in line. I was collecting the bottles, finding those bombers, where mm -mm. buying those shelf turds because I didn't know anything about beer at the time. Um, so while at, uh, while at Planner, I also had the opportunity to work for uh, Fuller's in uh, Chiswick. So I went out there and, and checked out their facility. And it was nice. kind of in, in, in that, at that time that uh, I'm working, you know, abroad and looking at beer, you know, kind of broadly. Uh, I'm realizing that some of the things that I didn't like about um, import beers in America was directly related to the freshness. Mm. So like a... Fuller's London Pride is one of the finest uh, ESBs out there. It's a, it's a great pale ale. It's uh, it's it's on par with Sierra Nevada. Shit, know? bro. A Heineken in right. Europe right. is next level. Right. You know, we've been out there and, and we were in Dublin and we were pounding Heinekens because that's everyone's beer of choice. And we we're like, what the hell is going on? Right, let's try Heineken. Because it's light and it's cold. You, you try it and it's amazing out yeah. there. We went to the Guinness factory and, and we were trying to get Turns out Guinness isn't the color of sludge yeah. at the base of where it's created. You can see through the pint glass and it's a hint of red, bro. Right. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And the lady was telling us, well, the way that we transport and we distribute our beer is a little bit different. So by the time it gets to the States, yeah. it's already, you know, it's a murky color. Both taste awesome. Right. Don't get me wrong, but it was just weird. I was blown away by the way beer is presented over there. 
All the beers we take for granted over here right. are epic over there. All the beers they take for granted over there are, you know, it's like they love Budweiser. Right. They fucking love Budweiser in Europe, man. Well, I was they, like, they what? Have a different drinking culture. Oh, yeah, yeah. As well. it, it, it's, it's low and slow. Right. You know, and, as in here, it's like, give me your highest ABV beer. I want to just get slammed. I'm like, sir, we don't do that here. <laughs> we, we, on the first time we meet you, but back next Tuesday. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, it was it was actually while I was in London drinking fresh, real beer, thinking to myself, "Man, I love this. I love craft beer. Where could I go in craft beer?" And this is before you know now, where there's 700 breweries in California and 7,000 breweries in the United States, and I'm like, "How can I? How can I differentiate myself from Russian River, from Lost Abbey, from uh, Stone, from Three Punks?" You know, just be yourself, right? Well, what I wanted to do was bring something that nobody else could. And so I thought to myself, you know, it would be amazing if somebody really opened up an American sake brewery and uh, presented fresh local. How does that come to you, though? Like of all the things out there, how, how do you come to the conclusion that, you know what? American sake is what I want to bring to the table. Did you have any experience in the past? Had you gone to Japan and, and kind of like figured these things out or that's a great question, man. You're a great interviewer. Go ahead. I've been told you're handsome too. Check out what's over my left shoulder. What does it say? Uh, emo Brown. Oh, right. Cool. All right. You're very non observant, but go ahead. (laughs) Next to that, next to that winner of best of 2021. Sorry. I was, I was taken in by the product placement. You want that hat? I'll get you that hat. You got a big head though. I don't know if I got one that big. You know what? It's going to get bigger if you keep saying nice things to me though. So keep that going. So you don't have to give me a hat. Okay. How did you culturally appropriate socket? Go ahead. I'm ready. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Not what you wanted. (laughs) No, it's not not what you wanted. Uh, Okay. So how, how did that come to me? Yeah. It was really. Cause you kill it. You've obviously worked at this craft, yeah. you know, a lot, a lot, a long, long time. Yeah. And someone in, in recently asked me, uh, uh, like, where did I, where did I start? Or, like, where did I get the idea to start this kind of, not yeah. the, 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 where did you get the idea, but where did you get the balls? Yeah. 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 That, that cultural appropriate. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I've been doing it. I've been doing this for the last, you know, five years, seven years. I'm, that you have to get a blessing from somebody who does this for a living. So when, when I was here in America brewing uh, English style beers and German style beers that took me internationally, yeah, it was because I was doing excellent covers of mm-hmm. those beers, right? I, you were the cheap trick of, 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 of beers and go ahead. <laughs> I was the, the carnival <laughs> of beers, yeah. No, but that's what, that's what you do when you make stylistically accurate beers is you're doing covers. And so I thought I'll just do covers of Japanese sake. And if I did it and I deserve, and I served it to people fresh and local, and if they were able to taste the difference of a Nama sake, N-A-M-A, Nama, if they taste the difference between fresh sake and, and what is out there, they would get it. Like the difference between beer and craft beer, because what's, what's out there, what's, what's on the store shelves and what's in every sushi bar is not the best. Rendition of that style no, of sake. It's, it's most of it's made by companies that they're owned by Japanese interests operating here in America using local American rice because shipping is expensive, producing uh, sake because shipping liquid is expensive, and they're not shipping it back to Japan. They're, they're supplying an expat and kind of like a nascent or undereducated market. And, uh, you know, they, most of them are here in California and you wouldn't know it because the bottles are kanji. You know, they're written in kanji. And so they, you got to look at the back and it says made in Folsom, mm. made in L.A., mm-hmm. made, in, made in Berkeley. You know, and these are, these are examples of like industrial grade, like the Bud Lights of, of sake. And it's like any connoisseur of of sake wouldn't serve you these brands, right? But that's what most Americans are, are hip to. And it gets even worse. Because that's all we know. It, it gets even worse is uh, most people's interaction with it is uh, hot for a dollar or dropped into an industrial light lager and chugged. Mm, sake and, bombs. Right? And sake bombs don't exist in Japan. Neither do burritos in Mexico. Proceed. <laughs> 
proceed. Okay. Some things are just good though. Some things are just, just good. you know. And and I'm not here to denigrate people that are doing sake bombs, but when you're drinking sake bombs, you're not doing it to critique and understand that lager or You got one goal on your mind. Yeah, and it's forgetting about the the everything. <laughs> the girl that you're going to end up going home. Yeah. With. <laughs> it's it's crazy like an Irish car bomb. You know, I, I go to Ireland, I'm pretty sure you don't order an Irish car bomb. It'd be rude. It would be probably a little they, bit rude. They have real yeah. car bombs there. It, yeah. It's straight and sensitive because they've historical you know series of car bombs it's horrific <laughs> you're a weenie <laughs> um no so so when i did this it, it was all really with the genuine genuine idea of like if i think i'm one of the best brewers in san diego which is a bold fucking claim to make I'm, you made that claim once upon a time in your career I'm, I'm gonna make it right now go ahead i'm gonna say it right now ladies and gentlemen josh embry has something to say here's gonna here's gonna be the reason why <clears throat> Um, what led me to sake ultimately, right? I, I made mead. I was, I worked at a meadery professionally making mead and I thought this is really cool, but publicly nobody's going to get it. The zeitgeist will never take it on and it'll, you know, kind of forever be stuck with Ren fairs and, and, you know, weird vegan dorks, I guess. And, and, and so I'm like, beer is already full and filled out and I could make an exceptional beer anywhere. And it's, there's going to be 20 exceptional beers. If you're in San Diego, there better be more than 20 exceptional beers, right? So so I wanted to come to San Diego and say, I can make beer, I can make meat, I can make wine, I can make cider, but I could do something that no one else is doing, and that's make sake. And that's how I'm planting my flag as the best brewers because I can do your job, mm. and I do a thing that you don't do, and come at me. <laughs> Damn, you welcome that, huh? Jeez. I, I love it. If somebody else opened a sake brewery anywhere. Has I, somebody opened one in San Diego? No. Southern California. Yes. Okay. Uh, there. Okay. So, so check it out. When I first started and I wish that there, like, like how I started, I got a job at black, black market to cut my teeth and it, an amazing place to do it too, because, uh, Brooks is one of the best brewers in, in, uh, Southern California in the country. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I, I got to work with some really passionate people. Uh, we have a lot of killer brewers here in San Diego, man. You yeah. know, Paul Segura yourself, fucking the homie Brooks, you know, like it's like, yeah. Oh wow. All right. Talk about Mo from Deft. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. uh, that guy makes great beer. Very I'm, distinct styles. I'm, I'm a fan Anytime I've gone on then and I want, when I have a feeling for an English style beer, I mean, yeah. Deft would be the place that I would go. This is what I'm talking about though. When you're good at something, do it. Yeah. Right. And so Own it. I wanted to showcase sake because I thought if I presented fresh raw sake to people, they would kind of intrinsically get it in the way that like, if you offer someone a craft beer that's drinking a, a regular beer, they'd be like, Oh, oh, this is, this is different. And so over the last like seven years of this journey, uh, setting sun sake is seven years old. Well, hey, that was some alliteration. <clears throat> Let me try it again. Setting sun sake is seven years old. Sake comes from the land of the rising sun and here in San Diego is where the sun sets. Bro, look at you. You're a marketing genius. Founded in 2014. So I like to claim that date hard because, mm. you know, I, I started working on it then I should own it. And, uh, you know, opening to the public in 2016, but we were, still doing like trade shows. So I was brewing and, and going to um, events and pouring sake. And uh, it's amazing. It, it's been a real wild ride of going from craft beer to sake, seeing um, craft beer grow to what it is and, and seeing people line up for craft beer and interacting with people on that level. And now- Is that still a thing? Do people still go out and line up for beer releases? Or I almost feel like that's yeah. almost like- no, eh. Like dorks do. Like, yeah, right. Cool people like you. Beer nerds. Nah, I'm not, I'm not cool. I'm a, I'm a weenie, bro. I, I, I really have to love something to be drawn yeah. out of my neighborhood, out of yeah. my house, I out of my community. I don't line up for a, the new phone. I don't line no. up for the new movie release. I'm poor. So I don't mm. line up for much anything. I'm, there you go. <laughs> Tell us more about being a business owner, huh? Right. So, <laughs> people think like they're just cutting, do cutting million dollar checks as soon as you open a business in this industry. Like, oh, you know, and then that's not true. You gotta, we gotta work hard. I you gotta work hard and, and, and very cheaply. Yeah. for the first year just to make it to year two. Mm. Year two, you learn a couple of things yeah. and you apply them and like, okay, year one plus what I've learned in year two equals year three. Yeah. You know, you've done that continuous and now you're pushing year seven, yeah. you know, open to the public year five. Yeah. For me, that's a mark. That, that's, that's, a, that's, that is an achievement that not many can claim to have. Well, five years of operating your own business in this industry. It goes, it goes deeper because like when I first started, there was nobody to go to, mm. right? It was you. I, I couldn't get a job. Who were your mentors when you opened up Setting Sun Sake? Um, were there sake places you reached out to? My, my mom, Jesus, and you. Go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> Some would argue the order, but okay. 
I mean, you know, you can't you can't be above Jesus or my mom. Mm-hmm. Sorry, man. That's damn. I was referring to your mom and Jesus, but okay, go oh, ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. All the way across that list, you're um, realistically some my mentors were just people that brewed outside of the lines. You mm. know, Vinny Salerzo, um, um, Patrick Rue from the brewery. Um, looking at. Um, the, the founders of Stone, having worked for Stone and got to know the-, the In the early days, pretty much. Yeah. They opened in 97 and you popped in when? 2010 to 2012. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they were already, they had some years under the belt, but you still got to work. I got to work for Yeah, years. that's I, awesome. I didn't, they didn't acknowledge me, but I got to work with them, right? But I was, but I was there. <laughs> I was there. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> There's pictures of me there. So. How has it been unfurling this style mm. in this industry to people who are used to other things and you're presenting something completely new? So are people receptive? A call back to you calling me out for cultural appropriation. Go ahead. Uh, I, uh, I actually did this so uh, artfully well that I, I, I'm uh, woke proof because hear me out. I use Calrose rice grown here in California, polished to a ginjo grade, or that means a semi-buai or a polishing rate of uh, 60% remaining 40% removed peeling off the outside. Layer. So there's certain markers you have to hit Bro, before it's legitimately called sake. If, if the rice isn't polished at least 30% removed, right? It's a futsu shoe there, but anything uh, greater than that, like if, if you're at like 20% removed, that's, that's not sake grade. That's, that's like eating rice. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, all rice is uh, brown rice. One love, you know, it's like all brown and then they polish off the brand, the chaff, the outside of it to get it to what's called the shimpaku or the pure starch center. And all that is, is um, a carbohydrate, a potential sugar. So it's imagine if we took a, a grain of for beer and took away the endosperm, the outside, and just had that little plump center where all the potential sugar is. You thought you were going to lose me there, but I followed you all the way through, my friend. It's because you're smart. All the way through. I could tell by the way your eyes were crossing. I was like, oh man. It's like when I watch Jeopardy sometimes, like, yeah. oh man, maybe two out of three questions on now. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, um, our rice is grown here in California. And while it's polished to a Japanese standard, we don't really adhere to, you know, Japanese protocols. Uh, I've started brewing sake thinking I was hot shit and can just brew it any way I want. And what I learned is sake brewing is a process and you have to do it that way. Otherwise you, you don't have sake and it's a, uh, it's the, the multiple brew days, the, the low and slow fermentation, the fermentation on solids. Like there's so much different that's unique about sake compared to beer. And, uh, I've worked closely with sake school of America and, uh, sake breweries across the world to, foment my brewing style, but ultimately I represent, uh, if you were to imagine California as a Japanese prefecture, I represent what would be jazake or local sake represented locally here in California. That's a high accolade. Do people who are in this industry overseas recognize what you're doing? Have you had visitors from overseas sake factories, breweries that come and check you out and be like, you know what? We've heard about what you're doing, Josh. You know, you've 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 made a name for yourself, which you have. Have they come over here and just specifically to try out what you're doing? Yeah, it's cool. I, I would imagine, man, that's the ultimate it's, tipping of the cap. As as you know from running a business, man, the day to day grind will ha- will grind away most of the good memories you have, <laughs> and uh, and leave you just kind of remembering the work you did. Mm. And just recently, I had a, a lady who is she's she's a sake fan living in Japan, and she has a hand drawn. Uh, manual of like exploring her prefecture's sake, right? It's kind of like a guide that she's doing to bolster the sake sales. Like, and it's kind of like a, a little cartoon educational thing. And she came out and she's like, yeah, I was here five years ago and drinking your hoppy sake and I love what you're doing. And I'm so happy I get to come back. And I completely forgot that I had like probably a three hour conversation with this lady about how cool sake is and how much I love what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, man, not, not only do I get people coming out, but I get people coming back. Um, there's going to be some articles coming out that I did some interviews recently. There's gonna be articles coming out that like are cool, big level stuff that I'm super excited about. But you know, when it's in Japanese, I, I, I still functionally, uh, 
I'm illiterate. So yeah. Do you have somebody that translates it for you? It's like, Hey man, what did they oh, write it about me? Sure. Yeah. yeah sure. Google. <laughs> you, you, you don't want to hang that in your office or hang out in the room and like, you know, what's going on oh, here? No, it's, it's cool. I get you got proofread it before you put it up there, man. Proofread everything. But, uh, it's cool. I've, I've, um, made it into imbibe, which is like on a beverage level. That's a, that's, that's, that's my cool thing. You know? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so, uh, yeah, people like what I do. It, people from Japan love it when you do Japanese things. Right. And, and like, I think I'm doing it honestly in a way that it's our Ronin clear and I'm very, very uh, communicative is it's a local sake. And longevity will qualm a lot of those things. For you sure. know, if, if, if you would have just been, you know, well, a so, one and done type of deal, it's like, oh, flash in the pan. You should have known. But you've yeah. been at it since you said 2014, open to yeah. the public since 2016. Yeah. So Here we are entering 22, bro. 2016, we opened uh, the tasting room. It was just a thousand square feet. We shared with the brewing space. By 2018, we expanded a thousand square foot tasting room next door and expanded our brewery. Um, by like 2019, we're shipping all over the country. Very nice. Um, levels, man. There's levels just, to this game. Just climbing, just climbing. Uh, in 2000, I think it was 19, I had, uh, oh shit, everything has to be before 2020 yeah, now. Yeah. Right? So I guess 2018. BC, uh, before Corona. Right. I was, uh, I, I hosted some guys from Melbourne, Australia that wanted to learn how to brew sake because they were interested in my approach, right? Uh, Japan is closer. How does that make you feel? People are coming to you for yeah. advice and for mentorship yeah. on how to approach this. You touched on it early in the mm. conversation with what am I running from, man? I, I'm my biggest critic. I, yeah. I don't yeah. see anything. Most business uh, owners are, man. Most, most business owners are their own biggest critic. My, my, my friends come in and they're like, man, this tasting room is dope. Huge, yeah. huge mural, all kinds of art. You're like, is it really and though? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And they're like, oh, this is so good. And I'm like, yeah. But it could be better. It could be, yeah. yeah. So that's no, I what, feel you, that's man. That's where I'm at. And so- I guess the, uh, the hashtag imposter syndrome. <laughs> I, I got over that, man. That, yeah. that was something I definitely, because I'm going from beer to sake mm -hmm. and ha let's touch on this. I'm the world's least likely Toji from the standpoint of, uh, Toji T O J I is, uh, the brewmaster of, of a sake brewery. I'm the least likely Toji from the standpoint of I'm not Japanese. I, I don't speak or read Japanese. I do my best to affect the words so that I get it right. But have you been to Japan? And I've never been to Japan. Wow. Is that on the bucket list? Fuck yeah, it is. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's it's a burn everything down and go to Japan list. <laughs> mm, all right. When are you doing that? Uh, uh, you want to go? No, I'm good. No, <laughs> I'm, good. No, I'm good. Okay. Go. I would love to go to Japan we'll for sure. I no. Yeah, that's definitely something wife and I want to do is go to Japan. Um, it just seems so appealing and- Recently, I've just been like really en engulfed in the in the articles of how their culture really embraces our culture. You yeah. know, the Mexican culture, the Chicano culture, oh, the, the, the and Mexican, it's the, the Japanese cholos. Yeah, bro, it's crazy. Oh. And I and I've seen a couple of documentaries like, wow, this is awesome. So I mean, for me personally, and I have friends who have businesses overseas and have gone over there yeah. and say, bro, it's crazy over there. You just you have to go. You have to open a tasting room. I was like, man, I can't even open another tasting room here in San Diego, you let alone go into you know. I'd love to. We'll do a du duo tasting room. Mm. We'll, we'll mm. Double team it. Uh, no, like if you were to imagine those uh, Japanese cholos, that's what I am, mm. right? I'm that. In reverse to them. I mean, I guess, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not a cholo either. <laughs> but, uh, like, Appropriating uh, all the cultures, all, Josh Embry. <laughs> superiorly. <laughs> it's Gwen Stefani, then it's Josh Embry. Well done, bro. <laughs> you know, if you're going to be good at something, let's be good at it. All the way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where were we in the conversation? Oh, oh. So when I started, there was about seven sake breweries in America. That is in, nuts. In North America, one in uh, Culiacan, Sinaloa, Mexico. Um, wait, wait, wait. There was one in Culichi Town? I had no idea. Right now. Uh, what, what is it called? Uh, what is the name of this place? Nami, N-A-M-I. So, Nami Sake yeah, Sinaloa. Yeah, it's a sister brewery to uh, Olas Atlas. I know Olas Atlas. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, you're dropping knowledge. I had no idea. I've known as Olas Atlas, but I didn't so it's know. A, it's a sister brewery. All right. Spot. And the way they operate out of the same facility, I'm assuming? No, no, no. You assumed wrong. They oh. uh, they brought like brick by brick over. They 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 threw some people in boxes and brought them over. And you they, said it, not me, bro. <laughs> you said it, not me. No, Josh they, Embry. They, they, uh, they built a Japanese sake brewery in, in uh, Mexico. That's fucking amazing. You know, they did it all like legit and, and they're doing a great job. I love their product. Uh, so they were out in existence. Um, so since there's only seven or how, has that number grown? Uh, yeah. 
three threefold. Okay, so there's 21 now in the Americas. There's, there's a, a about 30 in North America. So we've got like three or four in Canada. We've got, um, I think, like four here in California. One in Washington. One. Who's in the Canada. oldest? Uh, so, so uh, Sake One out of Hillsboro, Oregon, started as a Japanese American like co-owned project, and then they became American owned for a bulk of the time. And now they're back to being wholly Japanese owned. So they would be the oldest, uh, after, and they're like 25 years. Uh, that's awesome. After that is, uh, uh, Moto E in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, homeboy Blake is, is a stud out there. He's working with the fields. He's doing everything. It's great. And, uh, he's about 17 years old. And then there's like, uh, me. And so you're top five. Yeah. Yeah. What's your goal, Josh? What, what is it that you ultimately want to accomplish? Longevity seems to be something that you can write down as mission accomplished. Thanks, man. That's cool. I mean, it's honest. Think yeah. about our industry. Yeah, for sure. Five years is, fuck, that's a long time. No, and I can't tell We you. age like in dog years, bro. I can't, I can't say I was the first sake brewery to open. Mm-hmm. There was one that opened and closed already. And, and the same can be said about many others in the country. Here's the thing, bro. It's not about who did it first. Yeah. It's about who did it the longest. Right. You know, longevity answers a lot of questions and it hushes a lot of, a lot of naysayers. Yeah. And if you've been here the longest, it's like, oh, well, this guy's been at it for a while. You're dropping some big names, 25 years, 17 years. Yeah. You're here since 2014 with this idea that you birthed, watered, n- nurtured, incubated, and grew to what it is now. And one of the, the what those other breweries do are probably like, obviously, uh, Sake One being a Japanese owned brewery is producing, you know, Japanese style Sake Moto. E, they do an amazing job affecting, like brewing to style. Uh, what we do here in setting Sensake is we have a wholly different style. While we brew traditionally in a Japanese method, um, it's only because you have to to make sake. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, we're we're taking it every which way. And I've I'm, seen. I'm coloring. I've had edges. Yeah. My favorite is your. Oh, to uh, post Malone. Our sour watermelon. Or, or, yeah. Or late watermelon, post Malone. <laughs> it's very good, man. When I tasted that, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This is probably one of the better tasting beverages I've had in a while. People love it. It is a tasty beer. It, it or, t- see, beer. It's a tasty beverage. So, okay. I'm going to hit you with this. Go ahead. Uh, later today, you're going to do several other podcasts with more boring people. I'm, I'm- mm, yes. In addition to me or, or, or it's weird. I usually start the day with the most boring one. Here we are. Hey, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and, and you'll, they'll be like, what'd you do before this? And you're like, I interviewed a guy who makes sake. Mm -hmm. Oh, what's that? And you'll be like, oh, it's this. So what is sake? Sake is a rice. Is it liqueur or what what, liquor or how do you describe it? You're you're doing it, man. You're, you're carrying the load right right. now. You know what? I had some sake today. This dude, this white guy, the Supreme white named Josh (laughs) Embry. (laughs) He took it upon himself to take this technique and brought it to Southern California, San Diego, creating his own sake brewery where he creates, cultivates, and does his own thing. He's added his own spin all while maintaining the guidelines of traditional sake in order to keep it called the sake. So he's done that. But in addition to that, he's thrown some curveballs. What's going on in the brewing industry that I can adapt and bring over? You know, so I had that and it was amazing. You just walked away from it though. what, What is sake? I have no idea, right, bro. Perfect. See, this is this is what I love doing, and this is part of the thing. I used to I, call it sake before you came in here. Yeah. Now I call it sake. Yeah, that's you're getting closer. Yeah. Uh, warmer. Warmer. <laughs> uh, so, a lot of people culturally, or collectively, or colloquially refer to it as uh, rice wine. Okay. And the reason why we call it a rice wine has the same reason why that a uh, strong beer is called a barley wine or a strong cider is called an apple wine. It's bureaucracy. Mm, so uh, yellow ribbon. Yeah. So like, um, it's more brewed like a beer. It's just doesn't have hops. It's, it's a grain based product. It's just a strong beer like thing, <laughs> but, uh, because of its brewing process and, and, uh, an ingredients list, it's wholly unique from anything else out there. Uh, just to touch on it, man, I, I know we're all over the place, but, uh, sake having four simple ingredients like beer, right? Uh, one of them is rice, one of them is water, one of them is koji, and one of them is yeast. Koji is? Great. I love it when people are paying attention, and that was crisp. Um, koji is uh, K-O-J-I. 
Yeah. I love that you do that. I was waiting for you to do that. I was almost going to jump in and do that. Yeah. I'm hip to the way you do things now. Go Thank ahead. You, man. Koji is- uh, K-O-J-I. K-O-J-I. I just want to make sure that people can Google this if they're like, this white boy doesn't know what he's talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> uh, is the Japanese word for Aspergillus aroyza. <laughs> I'll stick to right? Koji. Right? Yeah. Which is the Latin or scientific name for rice mold. Okay. So let's stick to Koji. Mm-hmm. But what it is, is it's another biological agent like yeast, how yeast takes sugar. It turns it into alcohol. It metabolizes it and pees out alcohol yep. and farts, farts out, it out CO2 uh, in almost equal proportions, which is really fun. Um, Koji takes potential sugar and makes available sugar. It's the living represent or living process of the mash, right? Where it, you're completing the uh, enzymatic activities to nerd beer talk. Go nerd, ahead. Nerd beer talk. So what Koji does is it makes the complex sugars that are too big for the rice to eat. Mm-hmm. It breaks them down. Breaks them down into monosaccharides that the yeast can can eat and process see and create alcohol we got through this together i'm telling you it's a team effort here <laughs> so uh it's it's a brewing process referred to as multiple parallel fermentation because there's two biological agents going at it uh together but not symbiotically not like a, a scoby for kombucha they're just both independently doing their thing and uh, uh so it's a complex uh, fermentation, whereas other ferments like wine, mead, cider, beer would all be simple fermentations. Not simple in that they're easy to do, but simple in that they're uh, um, linear. You have a starting gravity. Of That's weird because I was always told that all brewers do is drink beer and watch beer get made. Yeah. Well, the, so beer, no? the beer is made okay, with cool. yeast. <laughs> you, know, you were told correctly. I, I clean and I drink beer and the yeast makes it. <laughs> Such, yeah, man. I mean, here's the thing, bro. There's a little sidetrack opening the brewery. You actually open your own. It's like people are drawn to this industry because they think it's so like a rock star mentality, rock star life. When in reality, we're all janitors, we're all custodians. All we do is make, clean, break down, make, clean, break down. And it's like, oh, yeah. repetitive over and over. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. You got to be a little bit of a science nerd, a science geek, and like numbers and like the way things are built and broken down and. That is what brewing legitimately is. Yeah, no, it's it's that, or or you have to be that uh, that rock star. You just have to be that good, right? And here's since we're we're talking about it, like we all have access to the same ingredients. Why does it taste so different? Mm-hmm. Because there are rock stars. You mentioned them, like Paul Segura is a rock star. Yes, sir. Right, the, 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 Ryan Brooks. Ryan Brooks is a rock star. We, we Kevin we, Lewis. Ooh, Kevin Lewis is a great big old rock star. Mm. Uh, I, I, Getting slimmer and stronger. Yeah, but, uh, my no, dude, my dude's watching his intake I'm and firing about, out sugars. I'm worried about seeing his abs. Is what I'm worried about. No, That's, you don't want Viking abs are on a different level, bro. <laughs> we ain't never going to see that. But um, where do you want to take your business, hmm. your brand? Yeah, what's the next levels? So I've been working on a lot of projects, man. I've, I've been working on some some beers. I love getting beers out. Uh, you know, like this collab was a great uh, exercise. I love doing it here at Three Punks because it was so convenient. Like. I was like, Hey, I want to use the expensive grain. Hey, I want to, I want to do this. And everybody's like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So bring it to life. I'm, was, I'm happy we could uh, accommodate your needs. Yeah. He said, I don't give a fuck about the budget. Let's yeah, just go. Let Steve, <laughs> Steve deal with that. He'll answer to the higher beans. <laughs> Shit. No, but it came out deliciously because we did. Very good, bro. Yeah. And, and it's not, I'm not being biased, although it will come off as being biased. Yeah. This was a very Tasty fucking collab beer that so, we did. Surprisingly likable from every angle. Whether soup it's the, pie. The sour, right? The soup pie, whether it's the hoppy, the IPA, or whether it's the fruit beer. Soup pie, S-U-P-P-A-I, uh, is the Japanese term for sour, sour <laughs> S-U-R-S-O-U-R. Ooh. Without the O, it's just sur, yeah. south. Oh. Put a little sur in your mouth. Sur Khalifa. There you go. So yeah. This beer is very good. Is it a beer or is it a sake? Where do I distinguish? How do I know what to call it? So that's a great question, man. Uh, sake is, uh, if we were to go to Japan, mm-hmm. right? And we ordered a sake, uh, depending on who we talked to, where we were and what we were doing, we'd get potentially three different things because sake is just the the kanji or the character for alcohol. So it's like, I'd like one alcohol, please. It's the umbrella of what yeah. you want. Well, yeah, but, but if, under that umbrella, there is many umbrella, components. If you want to get specific, there is uh Amawari, which is uh, oftentimes called uh, Okinawan sake. I was going to say, are these regionally named styles under the umbrella of Koji and but, sake, perdón. But it's a, uh, um, it's a distilled beverage, right? 
So it's it's distilled. So it's more akin to vodka. And then you go like north and they got shochu. And uh, that again is a distilled product. And then you've got Nihonshu, which uh, uh, Nihongo or Nippon is Japan and shu is alcohol. So it's the alcohol of Japan. And Nihonshu has uh, got a global indicator similar to champagne or uh, uh, tequila. It can only be produced in Japan. Um, and it has a limitation on its ingredients can only be uh, rice, water, koji, and yeast. The rice has to be polished to a minimum standard of uh, 30% removed. Mm. Uh, no, no max on that. There's some people out there that are uh, polishing the rice down to 1%. Reinheitsgebot, correct? Similar to that as well? Similar to a Reinheitsgebot, yeah. Um, and I like when countries put these rules and, and, and laws down on... You can only refer to this as champagne if yeah. it's from Champagne, France. You can only make tequila if it's from these seven states in Mexico. You can only refer to this as the sake of Nippon if it's yeah. from here. That's I, I kind of it's kind of like dropping dick. You yeah. know, it's like you can only have this here. For sure. If it's anywhere else, it's just you know imitation, and it could be top notch, right? Cover art, right? But it's still a cover, right? Right. I like that. So 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 there's all that layered into it with. Uh, uh, oftentimes uh, sake breweries are not always their own Koji Mura. So they don't produce the Koji themselves. We produce our Koji in house. We- Is that unique to everyone in the North American region? All 30 sake breweries that oh, are exist. Man. How many produce their own Koji? Uh, that seems like it would be difficult to do. Yeah. I think it's maybe three or less. <laughs> it's, yeah. And you're one of them. It's super difficult to do. That's cool, it, man. It's, it's oftentimes advised against because, uh, uh, sometimes they're 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 because people are following you know Japanese traditional brewing methods so so tightly, but they have to remember is that like some things are recent is just recent to to our understanding. Like to give an example, uh, Daiginjo sake sake that's been polished fifty percent or more didn't exist before the eighties, and uh, you know like uh, Aruten or, or Hanjonzo style sake didn't exist before like the twenties, you know, like, so there's, there's, there's things that are, that are new, new cutting and, edge technology uh, in the sake underworld. And all that is so nerdy and, and it isn't, it's, it's, it's so, interesting uh, specific that the general consumer will never really meet that because we're still, we're still t- trying to reach out to people um, who haven't been to Japanese restaurants. Do you have a 10 second elevator speech that you give people on selling them on sake on why they should sell or purchase sake and try it? You think I would by this time? I, right, I I but I mean, I guess I mean, it, I guess it's good that if you don't, you've done it, you know, your own way, and you've made it. Yeah, you know, because I was always asked that, why should I try your beer? Yeah. Ten seconds, and I'd be like, all right, cool, I'll give it to you. But yeah, well, I mean, the the real answer for that is because we're a California affectation of a ja- traditional Japanese beverage, and we're brewing new different styles and uh, taking sake uh, places that it would never go if it was in Japan because of the stricture and because of the rules and because the limitations. of the limitations. So I'll, I'll take a case of a mixed pack of all of the things. Right. Well, the, our uh, post Malone, the one you said you liked the best, that could, what's be- the name of that? What did you call that? That, uh, that, that beverage, that sake, what's the actual title? If I'm looking for it on your website or if I go to your store, it's a post Malone. I just call it the post Malone. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's our late watermelon. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the name. Late watermelon. Yeah. It's spelled post Melon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's our sour watermelon sake. Not just a clever name, but a tasty beverage as well. I'm not just a pretty face. I'm also mm. a member as well. well there it is. Go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, so where do I want to see sake going, and what what's going on? You 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 wanted to know what's next. That, indeed. And ultimately, I think in the origin we got we got through some of my brewing history, and I, I we queered off into a new direction, but. Ultimately, I, welcome to emo brown. Right. That's ADD is a motherfucker. There's a uh, there's an award that the country of Japan gives out. And it's effectively like knighting you. Right? Oh, nice. And it's called the Sake Samurai. There's like 12-ish white guys that have it. And so I want to be like, you know, one of those. That's the goal. Uh, so How do you do that? The country- How did these 12-ish white guys get that already? So the, the country of Japan nominates people that have worked exceptionally in the field of sake and they knight them and become, <gasps> they become samurais. You get the whole presentation and everything. How close have you gotten? Uh, I've never gotten close. No? No. What's preventing you from getting there? Uh, I, I don't know. How do we get, how do we find out? Uh, so 
I want to know a samurai sake, a sake samurai. Right? So, I want to know that guy. So there's a Bo Timken up in San Francisco. He operates a sake store and he's he's been hosting uh, sake events for like oh, 20 years. El compa Bo. Yeah, and he's uh, he's he's one of the old school samurais, but it's you just have to be exemplary in your role. So that's like a master cicerone or what? Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's bigger than that because that's the shit that excites me, man. It's a country that's giving it to you. It's not oh like a, a white guy that started a thing, you know. Yeah. So, uh, that's my ultimate goal, man. I, I and to do that, mm-hmm. yeah, going to win yeah. that is I'm going to grow sake and I'm going to grow sake and its awareness and its application, get people to drink more of it, and and our sake really isn't the end all be all. I brew. I brew a lot of different flavored sakes, you know, like hopped sake and our pomegranate hibiscus and green tea sake. Uh, our post Malone is water, sour watermelon. All these flavored sakes are to go further to reach people that would never try sake or never find themselves on that path. And over time, most of those people that like what I do, they end up drinking my Ronin Clear, which is my most Japanese- Most style. traditional most version style. Yeah, still not- Still not even going to call it traditional sake, but it's- it's Best rendition. It's what I'm doing. Good. Right? And it's what represents setting some sake the sure. most. Yeah. And and people end up drinking that and they- Did you bring that. me some of that? Yes, I did. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And and then people go out and they try other sake and they come back and they drink ours. And and so I'm very happy with what, what I've done for establishing setting some sake, but my goal is to grow sake as a whole. And I think we, we're well on our path of doing that. I mean, getting sake served in uh, restaurants and bars- all over what has the reception been? People like what I do. Hell yeah, man. Uh, I, do have, I do have some haters out there. This one is a fun one for me to call out. Uh, Hold on. It's 2022. Are you sure you want to come into 22 with this kind of negativity? Bring it. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Go uh, By all means. White guys with Asian wives. Okay. Do your thing. <laughs> They're the ones that seem to hate it the most. Because Why? I, I think- Wait, wait, wait. Did you say white guys with Asian wives? Yeah. Hate your style of- Yeah. Why? Like if, if I get so many people coming in from Japan or- f- from anywhere in, across the country. And they're like, wow, this is cool. And I get like the white guy with the Asian wife and he's like, eh. you know, cause they think they're the arbiter of, of what's oh. real. They think they're the keepers of cool. Jesus Christ. If I'm not doing Asian the way they like to do Asian. Right. So that happens a lot. I mean, it's noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, it's that, that one's the one that gets me the most because uh, I feel it's, it's uh, the petty one. You know, I don't know if this applies to what you're feeling, but I feel if you're doing something, and it's on the right track. Yeah. And you're excelling at it. Yeah. And you've got noticeable shine on what you're doing. Yeah. People are just going to come out of the woodwork and try to shit on you. Okay, but check People who are doing more than you mm. aren't going to take time out of their productive and accomplished day yeah. to shit on you. Ah. They're probably going to reach out and try to help you. Hey, man, I love what you're doing. For sure. This is what I did, and it really helped me. You should try it too. For sure. It's usually going to be the people who- have a lot of time on their hand who don't have shit going on or are really not at the top of their game of what they're investing their quality time in who are going to shit on you. For sure. That and oh, both sides of it, right? Cause you got to love something to hate. Love and hate are mm-hmm. on the same side of the coin. Mm-hmm. The opposite side of the coin is nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So they're either they're hyper for you or hyper against you. You see the, the super fan that comes in that they become irregular. They, they champion your cause or the person that is roasting you on a social or, you know, on, Yelp. How do you handle those things? How do you handle the hate? I, I'm always curious hmm. because I mean, honestly, you, you, you're a businessman, a successful businessman yeah. who's been in this game now for a while. Yeah. How do you handle the negative reaction? Dude, I got, I got uh, hit up on the Better Business Bureau. Hmm. I, got, I got a negative rating on that for an event I did. It was like this uh, 500 person event at Balboa Park for Sake Day. We do it every year. 500 person? Yeah. It's that would big, make my head hurt. It's off. getting bigger Jeez, every year. We, we're way over capacity. And uh, this lady was mad because she couldn't bring her her like four year old toddler in with a giant chair, and we're like we're elbow to elbow in this event. And I'm like, I'm sorry, lady, we'll refund your money. And then she roasts me on the Better Business Bureau, and and that that sent me down like a shame hole, right? Because all those Yelp reviews, I get uh, Groupon Groupon reviews. Oh, this wasn't what I wanted, and all that. And then I realized that uh, the Better Business Bureau has like two stars on Yelp. And Yelp isn't uh, certified by the Better Business Bureau. There it is. So like, I only got to take it as seriously as they What are we it. really doing? You know, it's, what are we really doing? It's only as real as you make it. <laughs> so how, how do I take the hate? Man, I, I take it all personally mm. and I, I, I reflect on it and then I, you know, keep going. 
but but only the aspects that you can control and change. Right. A lot of the hate that comes your way, I'm assuming, is shit out of your hands. You can't control this. I can't. Control you can't control that you're a white guy yeah. making killer sake yeah. in San Diego. I, I that you're just a product of the environment that you're in. I can't help that I was born this sexy. You know, wow. there's nothing wow. I can do I'm, about that. I'd like to meet this guy. Where is he? This guy in front yeah. of you. Oh, my bad. You, you're, <laughs> you're that guy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm all covered up because it's cold here in San Diego. <laughs> Man, this Supai, yeah. S-U-P-P-A-I, yeah. that we made, the collaborative beer here between Setting Sun Sake and Three Punk Ales. Little fucking side note. Come yeah. to the brewery, get yourself a crowler. Because mm. we didn't can this. Mm. but we kind of canned it behind the scenes so we can take it home for the New Year's. Yeah. I took a four-pack home. You hit it with some chamoy. No, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> man, that, that was racist. That was stereotypical. I, I, I went and I got was, a bottle ra- of racial. champagne. It was racial. It was racial. Yeah, not racial. racist. I didn't say, did I say racist? Yeah, Damn, that was so racial. quick. I, I, that bullet is there just ready in the chamber, locked see, and loaded. See how quick I am? Fuck, you're so stereotypical, Josh. Um, <laughs> I bought a bottle of champagne. And we popped it in there, pop, 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 put it in there. And it was one, one to one ratio, bro. You know, it was like half and half. Yeah. And I pop, it was one of the better beer mimosas we've ever made. For sure. Accidentally. Right. I don't know if it's because of the sake yeast and the way it's just so vibrant and effervescent yeah. and kind of gave it that nice little, uh. Yeah. But as soon as I added the champagne, it enhanced it. It, t- it was a fucking good Tasty beverage, bro. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that Thank you. to our table. I love that. It was such a pleasure to bring to life. Can we can this? Is this something that we can can and push commercially? If you guys want to do this recipe into the future for do it. No, but I mean, is that, would it hold up? Yeah. I'm not familiar with the way uh, sake yeast is going to be, ah. you know, maintained within a can so here's and for how long it would last. Here's something saucy. I'm going to throw this out there for the listeners that care and the ones that don't, uh, you know, tune out. Uh, <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> right. Uh, Sake has no original gravity, mm. right? Whereas beer and wine yep. have starting bricks or starting gravity. Sake has a very low to no original gravity because the sugar's not available right away. It's 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 uh it's made available by the koji, and uh, so the, the the sugar is spoon fed spoon fed to the yeast uh, all the way through, and we ferment up to like eighteen to twenty percent. And sake Shit. has theoretical terminals; it never stops fermenting. And the only way to really stop the koji is to pasteurize it and denaturing the enzymes. So as long as everything's alive in there, it'll go forever. You just have to package it expertly. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Nye. Yeah, well done, bro. Where'd all those people well, come from? Well done. <laughs> all those people out of nowhere. I learned about sake many moons ago on an episode called Three Sheets. Three Sheets is hosted by Zane Lamprey and his co-host Steve McKenna. Yeah. Big fan, super fan. Yeah. Wifey and I and family have created a vacation around an episode he did in Croatia. Okay. Once upon a time, I stumbled upon an episode he did on Japan. Yeah. Three Sheets is an episode basically where it goes, started domestically- and in the U.S., this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to New Hampshire and study their drinking party after hours traits. Yeah. We're going to go to San Diego and see how they drink, how they party, da-da-da, so and celebrate you, them. Did and you take your own pleplius? No, no, but I have one now. I, and I have it on, on my ring. <laughs> and um, so we went to Croatia. We did our thing. It was awesome, blah, 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 woo-woo. And then I stumbled upon the Japanese episode, and they went over sake. Yeah. And that's where I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And they went over different... Um, different traits and, and different regions and what they refer to it. Some of the Japanese brewers would spit on the rice because they said the enzymes in the spit actually activates the, so, the, go ahead. Yeah. So, so to speak on that, uh, they don't do that shit anymore. Okay. All right. Well, is that bad? No, no, it's not that it's bad. It's that it's unnecessary because mm. that's what Koji does. Mm-hmm. Now, historically before Koji, uh, while sake has like over 2000 year brewing tradition, um, it wasn't always what it is in the modern uh, affectation. And so originally they would do it similarly to chicha from South America where they chew and spit. If you ever want to be really, really bored uh, and find out how it works, uh, eat a spoonful of cooked rice, cooked white rice, chew, 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 chew. Don't swallow. Just keep chewing. After about three to five minutes, it'll get very, very sweet because the amylase enzymes in your saliva You're breaking it. Are, are doing the pre-digestion, yeah. right? Uh, and that's what's breaking it down, allowing yeast to then get at it if you were to, you know, spit it back into a kettle with yeast. Uh, but that's what Koji does. So, uh, so no need for spitting anymore. Koji I mean, has taken that place. I mean, fucking Koji just, taking people's jobs, bro. Koji is also used in production of uh, soy sauce and um, miso. Mm. So it's, it's, it's used in a lot of food production as well. We're just not familiar with it. Just like uh, nobody up here is 
familiar with like Way Lakote or, you know, there's tons of, uh, you know, corn smut. Okay. Now you're, you're trying to throw terms at me. I see you yeah. and you're, you're kind of winking at me like, you will not keep up with me. I'm not going to. I'm, I'm here to learn from you. I'm supreme. Uh, yeah, you are the supreme. <laughs> I'm here to learn from you, man. <laughs> Why'd you quit jujitsu? Oh, cause, uh, cause, uh, um, I'm weak. Okay. There's a real answer. To that. <laughs> I mean, anyone who tells you differently is a liar. Yeah. Hey man, I haven't gone. I, I quit because of COVID. What's yeah. up? Uh, that's not real. All right. COVID's not real, right? I, I didn't say that. So don't, don't get You that. just said that. It's not real. I said, that's not a real excuse because there's oh, okay. tons of people that got together and there's COVID safe training pods. Mm. And so you're just using excuses. I don't know. I just drove by one of the jujitsu academies the and it sun, said close until this date because things happen. The sun was out and you know, the sun, sun got in your eyes. Oh my God. I, I go back home. I just have an eye I don't see myself going to jujitsu class today. Okay. So, so like, honestly, I will go back. I realistically want to finish what I'm doing with setting sun socket and sure. get it to a place where I can afford to do that. You, you, you so, strike me as a kind of guy that if he's going to do something, you really want to delve into it and, and immerse attention. yourself into what you're doing. Yeah. You don't want to half-ass it. And I'm really busy being an alcoholic right mm-hmm. now. I mean, uh, R&D, R&D, yeah. research so and development. Hangovers really prevent the 6 a.m. class and then at work and everything else prevents all the other shit. Yeah. I, I feel you, man. Life of a business owner is not what it's uh, sold to you as, you know, it's, it's a little different. It's a lot of, a lot of hustling. Yeah. At least the first, at least the early years. Yeah. Well, you have to lie. Yeah. As a business owner, you have to lie. Fake it till you make it. If you're well, or face it till you embrace it. You know, whatever you want to do with it. But like verbal chess, verbal jujitsu, some would say. Yeah. Uh, so you you have to get out there and prom- promote it as its best version. Because if you're like, hey, my my uh, corn is a little dry. You know, not like, hey, this is a skinny corn. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> you got to sell your wares however you can. And so I'm 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 polishing this turd up. Very nice, man. I mean, hey, I tip my hat to you. Thanks. Man. Anybody who can make a business last more than five years, survive COVID. Yeah. How the fuck did you guys make it through COVID? I sold weed for a little bit. Go ahead. Um, I picked up a side job, real. Mm, go ahead. Uh, but uh, like, I'm back at a place where- This is me not surprised by that comment, and I want to know more. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. It was a, a legal setup for mm-hmm. one of the legal dispensaries. I was basically like a, a pizza delivery boy, but mm-hmm. it's, it's way cooler to describe it as- uh, being in the trap. You know? ghbuds.com <laughs> right. for all your medicinal recreational brought to you by Grasshopper. Yeah, the other, the dispensary I worked for was so atrocious. I don't want to give them a, a prop. So all right, 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 right. Grasshopper. 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 G8. Is not How awesome of a name is Grasshopper? Right. You know, it's like they deliver it. Gra- we hop the grass. So uh, I was basically a pizza delivery boy that you want to rob because I had drugs and money on me. Um, and one of my homies who works at uh, Lost Cause right now, mm. I got him a job during the pandemic. I'm like, hey, come sell drugs with me. It's fun. And he ended up getting robbed. No. <laughs> yeah, man. but he's good. He's back working a square job. And, and he's back. Yeah, he, he didn't get any holes put in him. Prior to COVID, how many staff was with you at Setting Sensake? Uh, we peaked at five and nice. now we're down to two. And two, including yourself? Two, including myself. Is that an operation that's easy to run with two people, including yourself? Goddamn near impossible, to be 100% honest. How many days are you open at Setting Sensake? Um, Fridays and Saturdays for the tasting room. Uh, we're doing production and stuff Monday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, just. What are the hours on Friday and Saturday? Uh, Fridays and Saturdays are four to eight right now. Uh, we're doing our best to expand our hours. Uh, we open up on some Fridays and Thursdays with a food truck. So follow our, uh, Instagram to see what we're up to, uh, setting sun sake on Instagram or Facebook or.com. Uh, all the things, all the things. Uh, and, uh, we're at Fridays and Saturdays right now, just trying to, to supply people. You know, we got the, the people coming in, fill up their growlers and, and, and having fun on, on those nights. But, uh, I need to grow to the staff if I'm going to keep the place open longer than that because it's a lot. <laughs> it's a, it is a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. We have a little thing called the Emo Brown Social Club here. Yeah. And in that social club, we have businesses that partake and we're very loyal to the soil. We, we go out there and this week we had a bike ride. We rode out to a Bottle Rocket and Bottle Rocket offers us a nice little discount for people who uh, present this Emo Brown Social Club card. Yeah. So Josh Embry, the Supreme White that you are, I'm going to extend this opportunity for you. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Yeah, 10 seconds. To let me know how you feel about our social club going yeah. up there yeah. to Miralani Square yeah. in Miramar or uh, Mira Mesa? Miramar. Miramar. Yeah. Hey, I have this card. Yeah. Do you accept this here? And if you do, what do I get? The floor is yours. Uh. 
this stuff I normally uh, lean on my tasting room person go to ahead. handle. So I'm sure she'll come up with something great, but uh, let's just go with 50% off a of flight. Hey, fucking relax, uh, dog. I don't want you to freaking burn the business down. On, Chill on, out. On, slow down. Let's go off 50% of flight and uh, we'll do like uh, 10% off everything to go. Guys. So you can show up there and get a, a drink while you're there and you can take stuff that you like to go and uh, we'll take care of you. That's that's a pretty supreme deal, I think. Sudden sun I'll get a hold of our website guy, Eric Casas, King Casas, Casas the God, to update and put Setting Sun Sake on our page of businesses that will accept the Emo Brown social club card. And remember, if that shit don't clack, your cart is whack. Can you believe people are making fake Emo Brown social club cards? I don't know why they would fake it, but- Have I, you seen one of these cards before? I don't think I have. Okay, so we have a card, bro. And, 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 and this card is made out of metal. Okay. You don't believe me, here it is. Okay. All right. So that's what, if it don't clack, it shit is whack. Okay. People have gone to the dispensary and other establishments and said, Hey, I have this card. Do I get a discount? Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. You get this. And they passed it and they said, okay, cool. The businesses have become privy to this and they said, you know what? Clack it. Smash it on the, on, on the table. And they go, all right, cool. It's a, we it's accept a nice it. selling point you've got there. I do what I can, bro. We're learning. We're learning how to, um, to maneuver and, and operate, you know? It's got a real premium aesthetic to it. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's, I like that. Josh Embry? Yes, sir. Setting Sun Sake? Yes. Much success. Thank you. Thank you. What is, how do I say cheers? In, I don't know why I'm asking you. You're not even Japanese. You've never even been to Japan. Yeah, kanpai. Kanpai, amigo. Notice I can still uh, uh, <laughs> appropriate yeah, the culture. Salute. Yes. Well done. Vulture culture. Oh, wait. Culture, oh, vulture. Uh, no, you're not. You're, you're representing it well. No. If you weren't, I'm pretty sure the powers of you would have come down on you already. Yeah, here's here's my answer to that. I Because I, I, I bust your balls. I'm no, just fucking with you because you're, 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 you're a homie. No, you know, you're a homie. You're, you're busting my balls, but I had this uh, college chick come in and she asked me a lot of similar questions, mm. a lot of baited and simple uh, uh, questions and, uh, and was trying to call me out on cultural appropriation. And, and to that I say, yeah, I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and hundreds of thousands of hours and built team of people and, and made this product just cause I'm wanting, no, I'm doing my own thing. Nice. You either like it or you don't. Boom. Move on. There it is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, setting Sake and Josh Embry. Thanks for cruising in brother. Cheers. Try this soup pie, man. This soup pie is available at the tasting room. And I know we're distributing to other places here in San Diego. Only the lucky ones. Get it before it's gone. Cause when it's gone, we don't know. I mean, we've given, we've been given the green light. Yeah. You got to buy it all now so we can do it again. There it is. <laughs> mm -hmm.